Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Four Transplants in a Microphone. We are broadcasting again from the Fox and Hound in Northlake. Thank you all for having us. And it's the three of us again, and we're kind of on, I guess, the next stage of interviewing the hosts. So today we are going to pick up interview Jack Tompkins and uh, We're gonna destroy yeah. you. <laughs> learn a little bit more about him but I guess we should go around the microphones here I'm Brian Johnson owner of Maine and Johnson Brandon Avenia with Superior Data Solutions and Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting Firm there we go that's the three of us all right so we're interviewing Jack today so we're going to I'm going to dig into the crypt he calls I thought us. it was intervention I <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> oh that's stop great. scootering everywhere <laughs> All right, so a little bit of background, Jack. I think in some episodes it's probably been summarized, but maybe just fill everybody in again. Where are you originally from, and how long have you been in this Queen City? Yes, so I am originally from Connecticut, specifically Mystic. If you've seen the movie Mystic Pizza, that was filmed in my hometown. Technically the town over for some of it. We don't like to talk about it. But if you ever go there, don't try the pizza. It's not very good. I was Allegedly. <laughs> I was born and raised there, then I went to school at UConn, so still Connecticut, and then I worked in Hartford for THE Hartford, still Connecticut. As you can tell, way too much Connecticut. (laughs) So I have been down in Charlotte for about three and a half years now, a little over that, and it is just, it's better in pretty much every way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I guess maybe to start, what is it that you enjoy doing outside of, you know, creating amazing dashboards for your customers? I don't understand the question. That's <laughs> if you knew Jack, you'd be like, ah, that's not true, but it sounds like it could be. But it's yeah. real true, yeah. <laughs> what did Conor McGregor say? When I'm not fighting anymore, then I'll have another passion. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. That's, Connor and I knew we were similar somehow. Yeah, um, in every way. Right. <laughs> just less, Irish. less tattoos. Yeah. I'm a big, just kind of go out on the weekend and try some breweries. That's a very typical weekend for me. This year is very skewed. I have a bunch of weddings, a bunch of bachelor parties. So Savannah, Charleston, Chicago, kind of all over the place. But the cool thing about Charleston, Savannah, and a few other places, any North Carolina beach is pretty good. Myrtle, eh. But there's a lot of good spots that I do like to do, kind of a little like weekend trip to big beach person. I know mountains are next door too, but kind of go around, explore local breweries. There's always one new popping up. Explore new restaurants, hang out with people, and then explore some of the local two, three hour drive type places yeah. that are good for a weekend trip. Yeah, a lot of those around here. A lot of them. Asheville, I forgot that. It's yeah. more mountainy, but yeah. still fun. Beaches aren't as abundant there, but. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, not. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's I would never live there, but it's very cool. Yeah. So, okay. Outside of business, we'll stay outside of business first for a little bit, but what's something that you really found out when you moved down here that somebody told you that was entirely wrong? Like, what did somebody say? Oh, when you get to Charlotte, you got to do this and it's the best thing ever. And then you get down and it's like, yeah, that wasn't, I like this a lot better. You know, so I was told the big thing is the weather, right? Everybody comes down here for the weather, but they're like, oh, like, just be careful in like August and July. Cause you're, you know, your blood's going to boil. You're going to be overly hot. It's going to be way too humid. It's hot. I get it. It's humid. I get it. It's not bad. Like, I don't know if I walk outside and like walk half a mile. Yeah. I'm going to sweat. That's cause I just walked a half mile in hundred degrees. It's not terrible. I expected it to be a lot worse. Did you get that from a local that was just trying to make sure you didn't move down here? <laughs> Shockingly, they're like, whatever we can do to get this guy to not move here, let's try it. Now, it was from a friend who's from Massachusetts who moved down here first. And he, I had visited them here, so he was here for about a year. Yeah. And he was like, just don't visit in construction season, apparently, if you can all can hear that. But don't visit in July or August because it's going to be way too hot. We just stay indoors. Yep. I have not stayed indoors in July and August, and I'm pretty happy about it. Oh, that's good. 
Well, so what do you like to do outdoors? Breweries, you said, but like what else is there that you like to engage in out, outdoors? When I have another passion. <laughs> right. I was like, he's taking away dashboards and beer. I really don't have much else. <laughs> other than the scooter ride. You mentioned the Whitewater Center in Europe, so Brian, I do, that's such a unique place. It's super cool. It's not as unique anymore. There's multiple of them now. Are there really? Yeah. Since when? So there, they, I have, I think there's two of them that are open and a third one that's opening around the, I think, I don't know where on the, around the country, but it's, there's multiple. I actually was looking up the Whitewater Center online and it was like, choose your location. And I was like, oh. huh? What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to say that we're still unique. That one sounds too new to, to include in this, but I do like the lake a lot. I mean, obviously, Brandon, we've talked about living on the lake and boating on the lake and stuff like that. I much more just go up there casually and, you know, have beers in a different place on the water kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the lake a lot. Norman over Lake Wiley. There's a lot to explore and just kind of feel out. And honestly, the people is everybody's friendly. I'm in a kickball league, which I get a lot of crap for, but it's just right. a lot of fun. And there's volleyball leagues. For, like You can do anything like that and just go have fun and, again, have some social beverages, if you will. Yeah. And uh, have fun, meet some new people, and everybody's, everybody's super friendly about it. That's cool. So <clears throat> I did look up the Whitewater Center. There's one in Pisgah. There's the main one. There's one in Santee. So it's in the low country of South Carolina. Pisgah is Western North Carolina. P-I-S-G-A-H? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And there is one coming soon in Grayson, which is Southwest Virginia. No way. Yep. Wow. <clears throat> so sorry, I was a little distracted with that, but I knew I had seen it and I was like, I couldn't remember the cities that they were in because they weren't typical <laughs> yeah i didn't want to have to say it out loud i was like random north carolina <laughs> yeah right and west virginia good. how did that the list i mean i guess it has to be next to a river so that is one of yeah. the caveats yeah, yeah. That, that is it does limit you a bit if you wanted to open one like in you know the desert yeah Oops. yeah <laughs> the dry canoeing very welcome in the desert i'm sure but yeah wouldn't really make sense so as far as this goes how long has your company been in business and what drew you to being the dashboard extraordinaire? And what the heck is the obsession with pineapples? Okay. A couple questions Just bu there. buckle all them all into one. All good. Unpack this um, for us. Let's I'll, put a pin yeah, in it. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to excavate this from the parking lot and take the pin out. All right. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So honestly, that was what, like those corporate phrases. We joke about them a lot and they're terrible and we hate them all, but we make fun of them. And that was a big reason why I wanted to leave the corporate world. So I've always been kind of entrepreneurial. I made up my own major in college. That was kind of like the start of it. So fun fact, to this date, I think I'm the only person to graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Investment Analysis from UConn in its 140-year history, which is pretty fun. It's because it's not a real major. I literally made it up. And they're like, yeah, just OK, we'll, uh, we'll sign off. You don't have class on Fridays. So I was like, yep, I'm in. So <laughs> You had me in no class on Friday. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Can like, we work on the other four days? Right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm impressed or if I just feel like I'm never going to get those 10 seconds back that you just took from me. No, Scam the system is what I did. That's right. No, it was a good major. Now, if you said you got done in like two semesters, that would be scamming the that, system. That's true. I did just a regular four years. Nothing crazy. Not on the five-year plan? Not on the five-year plan. No, no victory lap for me. There you go. Um, but no, so I guess I've always been a little bit entrepreneurial, and that was somewhat the start of it. I used to, in high school, I've always loved kind of the math. I've always been a total nerd in a lot of ways. And what I liked, combining the entrepreneurial, the pineapple, and just the data of it all, which obviously what I do now in making dashboards, I've always loved math. 
and most other people don't love math. I kind of threw up a little in my mouth when you yeah, said that. I was going to say, <laughs> what's that noise? Oh, those are viewers walking away. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listeners. So one of my favorite things, I, <laughs> I liked the teaching part. So my high school math class, the teacher was out for a week, and I ended up just teaching my high school math class for a week because we had homework, and the sub was like, I don't know, this is algebra, like AP Calc or whatever it was. I'm a sub. Yeah, there. she was like, I'm just going to put on a movie. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I'm going to do some homework because that's fun. And so everybody in the class knew that I was doing this, so they, you know, the whole class was just like, oh, like, Jack, what are you doing? So I just got up to the board, and then I just ended up teaching for the week. And I loved that so much, just making something that I love that everybody else hates, making it understandable, making it usable. And so the pineapple comes in because that sort of like hospitality, like, no, like, I get it, you hate it. Let me welcome you into this Southern hospitality, civilized by the pineapple. It's a very welcoming symbol. And then also vacations. So again, I'm a beach person. If I could help a small business owner take a real vacation where they have a pina colada on the beach, drinking out of a pineapple kind of thing, I would absolutely love it. And it's the mission statement or the vision for my sure. business. And that's helping them understand the numbers, it's helping them use the numbers. And so I kind of combined all that, put some feelers out while I was still working corporately. And then after a few months of doing that, I ended up going full-time in April of 2020. So I'm two, two and a half years in at this point at the time of recording. It's been an absolute blast. I've got a small team now, which is really fun. And it's the combination of everything that I've loved into one. And I've loved working with people and helping people. And right. it's a really cool <clears throat> adventure. Cool. So <clears throat> what is a dashboard? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No. Fair. That's actually fair a question. good question. So, all right. So picture Excel. Don't throw up in your mouth just yet. Bear with me. So picture Excel. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Endless columns and rows of black and white data, right? Boring as hell. I don't even like that, right? That's not what we go for. We take that sort of information in a database or something even scary, right? It's always a little right. bit daunting to talk about data to, to get to the next level of being data-driven. But that thing, mindless, annoying, useless columns and rows, we make it into this beautiful branded, like brand colors and visual experience really that's right. that's an interactive performance dashboard so you can see how your business is doing you can see what worked what didn't work what's coming up right and it's all in very clear very simple visuals and it's just easy to understand for anybody who absolutely hates data to anybody like me who absolutely loves data it's just sort of the equalizer creates a really solid foundation for those conversations about your business well, and i mean coming we'd mentioned in mine, I mean, it's not the first time it was mentioned, but coming from the Fortune 500 world, like that was all day, every day. Like right. you had Power BI or you had Tableau or you had something in there like Salesforce. You had constant metrics calculated for you. So you were already a leg ahead because you could see the data, make decisions off of it. Right. And I mean, I've seen the stuff that you've put out there and it's, it is that. I mean, it's the same functionality. It's the same visual representation of information. Maybe it's not enterprise-wide like a Fortune 500 company, but it is business-wide for a you know, small business owner that can't get all of their thoughts and all the things they need to make decisions in one spot. Right, exactly. It's, so it's, a lot of people come from the corporate world and then go to small business, right? And they're used because data and data visualization, which is yep. dashboarding, or business intelligence, the same thing. They're used to that in the corporate world because it's very mainstream. If you don't have five numbers to support your decision, then whatever you decide or whatever you recommend is probably going to go forward because there's not enough data to support it. So it's right. very mainstream in corporate. When people leave that and go to small business, it's not that they expect that. It's just they don't have it anymore. Right. They don't have access to it. And so I, I had that thought of 
I bet small businesses need some dashboards and some analytics because, again, not a lot of people like doing that. So I kind of took that and made that thing in the corporate world that was just a given available to small businesses right. and help them analyze, help them make decisions, help them see their performance. And it's, it's been fun. And your company tagline is making data sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Maybe it should be. Or data-driven decisions is the is the short thing and then there's you know I've got a bunch of elevator pitches around that but that's what it's really what it's all I know about. and it, it's great because it replaces the common common business owners fly by the seat of my pants decisions exactly you know, so it's, that it's kind of like the you know, the next level up <laughs> right <Shut Yeah>. up. <laughs> <laughs> we were speaking about this not at you right you said five data points huh yeah <laughs> Like half. Well, (laughs) I've used this in a lot of things I said, but somebody that I worked corporately with on their signature block, and you actually remind me a little bit of that person just in personality style. Sounds great. I know. He was amazing. (laughs) But his his tagline at the bottom he'd always have attached was, in God we trust, everyone else bring data. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I always thought that was good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. It's really fun. Especially in the South, too. That'd really play. Right. That's fantastic. (laughs) It's funny. This is a side story. I was leaving my corporate job, and one of the big reasons was at the time what I thought was the middle of the pandemic, like everybody did in April of 2020. And there were two, like higher up, bosses, boss kind of thing that I used to work with that were that had left the company and were in position to hire. One started their own business, one was just in a different position to hire, and they would always request stuff from my team, which ended up coming to me. And so it was, gotcha. hey, like we have this problem, right? X, Y, Z, whatever, doesn't really matter. We need the analysis on it. Yep. And so I would always figure out, like, okay, we got to get the data from X, Y, and ABC and put it all together and blah, blah, blah. And then I'd have, like, two minutes to present it to the higher-ups. And so what I ended up doing was just making a dashboard so I didn't have to talk at all. I love talking, explaining, being on stage, et cetera, et cetera. But in this situation, I just would turn my computer around. They would see this dashboard. be like, okay, this worked well. This didn't work well. We're up here. So they ended up leaving the company, and they had, I had worked directly with them, which... Who knows if I should have as a dumb 22-year-old at college, but they both engaged with me and were like, oh, congrats to starting your own business, blah, blah, blah. And so I was going to leave my corporate job, and I know, and I had known that, and they had known that, but they were like, all right, once you officially leave, we'll have the actual conversation, but like, just think if you want a project or retainer, because I was like, this is fantastic. This couldn't be easier. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, whatever you want. If you want something, that's fantastic. So my first Monday being an entrepreneur... I got on the phone with both of them and I was like, Hey, like I officially left, you know, I'm right. excited to get going. It's really fun. Like, like I, you know, on the phone with them, same day, first Monday. And they're like, Oh, cool. That's awesome. Congrats. We'll uh, let you know if we have anything for you. And it was just zero. I knew the entrepreneurial you, roller coaster was going to come, but. And you, and you thought you had <laughs> achieved a power Excel users mic drop right there. Exactly. You know, like dashboards. You yep. know, and then, I was like, these guys know me. This is easy. <laughs> I'm going to have so much business off of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we all had something like that. I mean, I had people that were like, yeah, I mean, if, when you're ready, like we can sit down and you can help us like get our market strategy together. And then it was like, well, hey, I'm ready. And it's like, well, we're going to wait until this time. And right. Then that time never really came. And yep. it's like, huh. I didn't think you were going to take me up on it that right. fast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, crap, you ever left your job. Wow. We still haven't finished our last strategy. Why are you bugging us now? Oh, that's funny. So so you'd kind of mentioned something. Do you feel like you never fit in the corporate world? Or do you feel like you were good there and it just kind of, it kind of turned into something you thought you might want to do? 
I didn't mind it. I like I should. I was in a leadership program. And so it was myself out of right out of college. It's, I interned there, so I knew a lot of people going into it too. I already knew my boss and had a great job lined up, and they gave me a whole lot of responsibility, which was really cool. I ended up managing partnerships with other companies and running the company's intern program, and like all those experiences were really cool. And again, probably way too much for a 22, 23 year old out of college. So I really liked that, but I quickly realized it was more the program than the corporate world. Because I had an immediate group of 60 right. friends, right? Everybody in the same boat, everybody lived in the same area, everybody just out of college, like doing the same stuff, just having money now. So it was great. <laughs> we could have way more fun. Yeah. yeah I, no yeah. more natty life. <laughs> right. I mean, we still did, but <laughs> it was just a keg of natty life instead of a couple thirds. There you go. I liked a lot about the corporate world, and there's definitely pieces that I have taken and like very selectively cherry picked from the corporate world to put into my business now, and especially with my team now. It wasn't the long run, though. It was never going to be the long run. And once I graduated, quote unquote, the program, and they were like, "All right, three to five years, you gotta, you know, pick your next job for the next three to five years." It's like, nope. Yeah. Later. So, what part of the corporate? I mean, I know for myself, I know what I didn't like about it, but what specifically about it was it the day to day, just kind of doing the same thing, or there was that challenge was to. Because growing... TPS reports. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's just that same. It's like you're in maintenance mode. Yeah. Or is it more like that challenge of actually problem solving and doing that was kind of taken away and that took some of the... Yeah, there was no creativity involved. Like, maybe if I was making a dashboard, I got to pick, you know dark green instead of light green kind of thing and then it's like well this is a good day i'm gonna write home right. hunter green that's the one right there yeah. it is yeah put some chili on that <laughs> there was not a lot of creativity it was the same kind of grind the politics is what got me a lot not like literal politics but like corporate politics of just hey like i got a request from somebody like i could do it in five minutes but mr mrs requester you have to right. go to my boss he's going to send it to somebody else he's going to send it to me and during that time because that's going to take three days I could just under the table slide it to you and we could be done. Everybody could be happy. You could have yes for your meeting. I get the checks and balances. I get different departments with each other. And I understand it. I just don't like it. Right. And that was yeah. a huge thing. For yeah. Me. I was going to say, the only time I still see it is when we're doing that consulting work and we're in there and it's just like, if you, you know, and I yeah. just, it, there, I can't fix it. I don't want to try, but it's like, it's a subtle reminder of why this is way better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny is once you get to a certain client level, you get sucked back into that. Yep. And it's just, uh, it's like, oh God, this is exactly what I don't want to be caught up in. Everything's by committee. Everyone's fighting for their little piece of the pie and control of it. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, I just can't deal with this. I know. It's something that I'm actively working to not have happen in Pineapple, except for the good parts of corporate, because there's a lot of good. But I have one client now, they're, I don't know, five, 6,000 employees or something like that, which is not a normal client for me by any means. But even Yet. just the- <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Even just the small amount that I get, it their politics come up a lot. And I'm like, wow, I, you know, they're about as chill as a company as you could get, but the politics are still there. Yeah. yeah. And once you get even probably to like a middle management layer, like 30, 40 employees, I think some of that comes in. Once you get to 5,000, 6,000, wherever this client is, it is, you just can't avoid it. It's tough. Yep. And if they don't like each other, nothing gets done. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's a mess. It is. It is. Again, a lot of good things in corporate. I learned a lot. I mean, I was professionally raised in corporate America, and I have no regrets, but would I ever build a company to function that way? No. No, I think you can. I think you can be a big corporation and not have those things. I think a lot of it's culture. Yeah, yeah. 
it's doggy dog for a lot of it, but I don't know. I mean, you, I didn't work super high in corporate. I got enough taste of just a little of it, and I'm like, yeah, it's definitely not for me. Right. Brandon was <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes in his cubicle. Like, yeah. Brand, Brandon would be the one in his cubicle with the power drill dis, disassembling the structure <laughs> in it. Well, and you know what's funny? I is, need a window. <laughs> it, it's funny is the guy I work for is like, no, your position, you need to be over in, you know, an office because you can't work in a cubicle. And I was like, whatever, I don't care. I just need a desk and a monitor and I can be left to my own devices. So it got to where, you know, they'd bring someone new and it's like, hey, can we move you over to a cube? I must've moved my desk 500 times. Where's my stapler? Yeah, I I must've moved my, because I didn't care and he knew I didn't care. So if someone came in and he wanted to press him, he's like, okay, we're gonna put you. And I get moved to a cubicle and then I get moved to, and then it would just every, I don't know, it seemed like every two months I was moving my desk somewhere new. It's like, because I didn't care and, you know, it was always a big impression, you know, they come with salesperson comes in. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I didn't it. have to give that up. Yeah. I took all the screws out. Have fun. Type <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I removed a couple of keys from your keyboard. Right. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Wash your hands before you go eat lunch. Right. <laughs> well, any, so anything that in the business that, you know, is unique that you haven't highlighted that you'd want people to know about kind of what you do? Because I, I mean, I think what you do is unique to begin with. Because yeah. Brandon and I were talking about that, you know, a little while back, which is there just aren't thousands of you out there. So right. you're not trying to compete necessarily with other, you know, data-driven companies like yours. You're competing with apathy and lack of understanding. Right, right. So. My competition is very strange because there is there's one guy who is in Northwest Canada, who is a direct competitor. Super nice guy. I refer in business all day long. There are- Well, the Canadians are so nice. Yeah, I, well, this is true, a little <laughs> redundant. Trying um, to get a plug for Canada. <laughs> new viewership. Yep. He's, you know, he does very similar things. I have found a couple other people that do like one piece of what I do, but not, I, just, I don't have very much direct competition. So to right. your point, it's the internal business trying to learn it on their own or hiring, you know, Ernst and Young or one of the big four or something crazy like that they wouldn't do. So I ended up in this weird niche where I have to promote the use of dashboards and promote being data-driven in small business because if you end up finding somebody else or going to somebody else, fantastic. Kind of like what, Brian, you've said in the past about in your corporate job, promoting, what was it, like glass instead of Paper. Instead of, wow. All right, Brandon remembers. That's good. Somebody listens. At least somebody pays attention. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was like, he had a story. But yeah, yeah, the point was in that, like, you, I would rather have you buy from a competitor and choose to buy the product we make than not buy it at all. Yeah. Because I can't, can always go fight for you later. If right. you never buy the product I make, I can never fight to get your business. That's exactly right. And yeah. it's not even about eventually fighting for the business. It's just, I think data has an enormous impact on businesses for the better, right? In all the positive ways, if you want to pick efficiency, scalability, profitability, pick your favorite buzzword. Data is going to be a very- Any of the illities. Any of the illities, yeah, exactly. Data is going to help, and the more that is mainstream, obviously the better for me, but I think the better for small businesses too. And that's been kind of the mission of blending data and some skills to the small business world. So, uh, like I said from the beginning, it is super fun to me. I really enjoy actually making dashboards which I need to transition out of and be more of an owner instead of a practitioner like we've talked about before. But that data pie is slowly growing. My goal is to make it grow as fast as I possibly can. Sure. And get the small business on board. Well, well cool. I, well, I, one of the things I was going to say is I don't think most business even know that's a possibility. Right. I think they just right. stuck with what they get out of a product and don't realize that there can be so much more. 
Right. Every program will have a default summary, and it will not be what you want. Nope. I halfway there, but yeah. never seen a product that gives me the results I'm looking for. That's it is theory. always a crapshoot of the data you're going to get, and it's never in any kind of usable format that right. is going to give me a true picture of what's actually happening. That's exactly right. And that's where I come in, custom yep. solutions. Everything I do is custom, and I love it. Well, I mean, I think that's probably a good place to transition out. But I mean, one, thanks for the interview, Jack. Uh, Two, for anybody that's listening, you can always go to our site and see any of the bios and learn a little bit more about us individually and collectively there. And thanks again to the Fox and Hound for hosting. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd meet up with my friends.